No one is having sex in Berna's room. No one is having sex in Berna's house. No one is having sex on Berna's watch, period. You got it? Plus, a nighttime challenge with all the elements. The word flippy floppy gets used a bunch. And anything but clothes party proves to be a great idea in a challenge house. Zara volunteers, kinda. And Michelle's nightmare has been spoken into existence because Laurel is here. And Laurel, don't forget, it's the challenge battle for a new champion. Episode 11 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in The Challenge universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on this early Thursday morning to discuss episode 11, B-Fank, aired last night. We're recording early in the AM here. We didn't get to watch the episode till a little later last night. I won't bore you with the reasons why, but we are here to discuss all things episode 11. Before we dive in, quick program reminders and then a little mini rant right here up at the top to explain the agenda for the evening. Programming reminders first, Tony and I are still going to be recording a Survivor finale recap as well as full season awards for Survivor 45 that ended last week with the holiday travel and some work things and everything else. We have not been able to do that quite yet but we are hoping to do that this weekend it will just be one podcast we'll cover the main four or five things from the finale we will hit four or five season awards to be able to talk about the whole thing as a whole and we'll discuss if and what will be going down for survivor 46 if that podcast will be continuing which spoiler alert it will be in some form or fashion and then other than that we've got bfank continuing right into the new year for the month of january the uh, first month of the year here it's just going to be bfank recaps we're going to try to get some other things geared up and lined up after that but for january you're just going to be having these recaps coming late wednesday nights early thursday mornings for battle for a new champion as for the agenda today i do have some feedback for the show, some things I didn't love about this episode or I'm starting to not love about this season in general. And so this won't always be as as this show has never been some super duper, always positive, always only, you know, talking about things we like, ignoring anything we don't. I've, I've had criticisms before. I will have criticisms again. And I certainly have a few within this here podcast. But I, at the same time, am getting pretty sick and tired of the online rhetoric around the challenge this season the cast criticism and a desire for the show to be the best it can be in 2023 for me is much different than what happens it seems to be happening more and more with every person who has any any online presence at all of just shitting on the show week after week and the cast members and everything else and just being like why you know the challenge was great 20 years ago and that's it and this show sucks and i've been saying it sucks for 20 years and blah 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 the general consensus is basically that this season isn't very good that the show sucks has for a long time all of that stuff all those people who think that I, I think I've said it before, and if I haven't, I'll just say it plainly here. All those people, and if some of you listening are one of the people that think this show completely sucks now, it has forever, the cast sucks, blah, 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 stop fucking watching. 
just stop watching, stop commenting on it, leave me, leave the show, leave the cast members, leave fans like me that actually like the show still, love the show still, look for the good and the fun in the show still, all of that. Leave us all alone. Just go away. Now, maybe the answer to this is I should just get off of Twitter and Instagram and all the rest, but... Uh, I, I like being on those places because it is also the only place that anyone like myself, like you listening, like fans who actually appreciate things about the show or want to make jokes about it or want to have a good time with it or just want to have a good time in general in life can go. And so that's the only places to go. And it's just always overrun with all these folks that just hate, 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 hate all day long. So. That's my little rant. I will have some criticisms this evening, but uh, I'll have a lot of things that I liked as well. We're going to touch on the storylines, the big opinions first, then awards, power rankings, and predictions as always after that. And the last thing I say, I guess I didn't fill this in. The the thing that maybe makes me the most angry is when it's the older cast members, cast members from yesteryear, maybe even especially the cast members who weren't actually even good at the challenge or were not nearly as entertaining as they seem to think they were in particular come out and say, this is all trash. This cast sucks. Bring back the uh, the OGs, bring back us. And it's like, yeah, bring back the OGs. I all stars for where is it? I'm, I'm with you. But uh, some of you, the cast members that talk the loudest about this stuff are sometimes the ones where I'm like, we, <laughs> when you say bring back the OGs or bring back the good old days, we're not talking about you, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, uh, without saying names, there's a few in particular cast members. I'm just like, it wasn't, you weren't the reason that everyone clamors for this stuff of old. So anyways, yes, that's that's my rant. I love this show. I hope you do too. And I love you for watching. And I say thanks to you for watching, for listening to my rants and ramblings every week. I say thanks to the cast, the production, uh, what's left of Paramount Global and MTV for still putting this show out there in all of its different forms and all of its glory in my mind. And so with that, Let's dive in to this good episode that had some issues with it, but had a lot of promise. Man, did it have a lot of promise. There's some tweaks that could be made, and this, this version of this episode next season could be an all-timer. We'll get into all of it. Episode 7, Battle for a New Champion. Recap, here we go. First thing to discuss is the first part of the episode, which in this case, new format for one week because we've got a nighttime challenge. We left the cliffhanger last week. We go straight into a daily challenge this week, although not straight into it. To be fair, they got to go home and eat a big old meal, which I think part of the production's thinking is like, we're about to make them eat. So let them have as much food as they want. And, you know, and that's a little chicanery that the production is playing to make things a little bit harder. But there's been plenty of nighttime challenges surprised before where it's like you don't get to go to the house and calm yourself and prepare yourself and have a meal and then go out so they got it slightly easy on that although maybe the full stomachs was a lot harder to run and then eat on i love a night challenge i love some trivia built into a challenge i mostly like the eating challenges most of the time somehow I didn't love the combo of all of it, though. It did feel like a little bit too much. Now, I assume they're going to use trivia another time. We've gotten this style of trivia either in an elimination or a daily challenge a, a bunch on recent seasons of USA and the flagship alike. And so I don't think they like this was trivia and boom, that, that's all we get. I think there will be a full-blown trivia challenge. So I'm not worried that they wasted it. I was a little bummed though, when he says champ related trivia, I was looking for some challenge champ related trivia, which I think there was one single question, like who between bananas and CT, who has the most challenge championships, Highland, I believe you that you are a super fan. You've got it all memorized. You know, all the stats, but 
the one question being who has the most titles ever isn't isn't the hardest of challenge related championship questions. So I was hoping not pop culture champions, but just challenge championships. That would have been fun. Alas, that is not what we got performance wise in this daily challenge. The only one who like kind of does bad is Raven probably definitely deserves to go into an elimination after this. She cost her team two of the three answers by confidently saying the wrong answer. Not just like no one knows, like, I don't know this one, but like someone else says the other and you're like, no, 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 it's this one. And then you pick it up and you're like, eh, it's not this one. We definitely got it wrong. She did that twice. So that was as big a mistake as anyone certainly made within this challenge. Otherwise, it just really came down to the eating and James, Corey, Colleen, and I guess Mariah too. Although I feel like maybe I just looked away from the screen for the wrong second or whatever. The first time they show this team, Mariah is kind of struggling. And then the second time they show Colleen, James, and Corey all like finish. And in my mind, I was like, oh my God, now it's going to be like all on Mariah to do this. And then it was like, no, Mariah finished a while ago. Like she's done. She wasn't the last one they were waiting on, on their team. It was Corey was the last one. And now the team's won. And I'm like, wait a minute, did I? So I, I think I probably just looked away at the wrong time. They probably showed Mariah finish. Um, but either way, those four proved eating wise, and especially James and Colleen, uh, they they prove they've they've got the eating side down. So when it comes to a final and eating, as TJ references, if you can't do this, you're gonna really struggle in the final. Those four definitely have proved, have checked a box, if you will. I'm gonna say though, the soup and the skin, nowhere near as hard as the drink or the nose. Just gonna say that. I don't, I don't have I, I'm not gonna explain. <laughs> there isn't anything to explain. I just looked at those and was like, those two I could handle the drink in the nose. This, that's a tougher proposition. I'd like to think in the moment I could do it, but I don't know. The other two, though, if I'm if you're picking chairs at that table, there's two chairs that I think are a significant difference. Not that they're easy. It is still disgusting. It is still really hard to do, but I think there was a significant difference. I'd be interested to hear cast members' thoughts on that. They make a solid pick after winning, even if it is a little bit boring. I wish it was you know, more because they want to keep money and they want to send in good people than it was for just alliance purposes, but whatever, it's still the right pick. And, uh, you know, ultimately I totally agree with what they do. And I also totally agree with Raven talking shit afterwards and Corey giving it right back to her. He remains a favorite of mine. She has grown on me a ton throughout this season has risen to maybe the very top of who I'm rooting for on the women's side, along with Michelle, of course, cause I'll never quit Michelle, but, uh, Raven, I saw a couple people, some of the better things that I like being on a Twitter site for is a couple people were saying, you know, she kind of gives the most old school vibes as far as how just her kind of disposition during challenges, after challenges around the house, the whole thing. I totally agree. I love, I love everything she's bringing to the house. I did not totally think that this was going to happen off of, you know, her uh, appearance on Ryder dies, but I think we saw seeds of this there. And this season obviously gets more room to showcase herself and everything about her. And I am loving it. Then at the house, we have an anything but clothes party, an ABC party. This should be amazing. And I believe it was more amazing than what we saw. Not all the way amazing, not all the way there, things to improve, but I bet it was better than what we saw as usual. Specifically, 
Mariah, James, and Zara. I mean, everyone's outfits were incredible, obviously, but Mariah, James, and Zara reminded me very much, and I think I said this when we saw it on the next week on last week, reminded me kind of the Rivals 2 jungle party, a lot where they basically wore lots of leaves and things to cover body parts, and the Duel 2 fashion show where Landon, more than anyone else, there was many people involved in that fashion show, but Landon went basically naked. They had to, you know, put the dual two logo over his private area because you could just see all of it. He wasn't really wearing anything. And it reminded me of, of those, which are fantastic moments of the type of stuff. I'm sure that when people opine for the old days of the challenge, it's some of the things that they're looking for, like genuine, like fun being had, nothing related to the game, just silly, stupid stuff. And it was entertaining and it was good fun. And everyone in the house is trying to make it entertaining and have fun with it. The show, this version of the show, it left a lot wanting because it needs to be less focused on the strategic conversations. The cast needs to be less focused on the strategic conversation. I need that fashion show. I need some sort of prize or grading. You know, you think back to the great Hurricane Juliet toga party on Battle of the Seasons first iteration of that season five and it was you know best toga contest and then the winner got a lap dance from mike the miz and it was all it was it's one of the greatest scenes in the history of the show or that duel two where it's yes we're gonna have this party we're gonna have some people dress up but we're gonna have three people not dress up it's mostly the men dressing up here and we're it's it, i think if i remember correctly it was borderline they don't call it anything but clothes but like one person's in a trash bag again landon's basically naked the whole thing and they walk the catwalk and they have judges and they they make it really fun because thankfully you know mark long is one of the people there so he knows how to how do we make this actually fun and entertaining without like you know turning this there's a version of it that gets pretty degrading and pretty not cool very quickly he is the consummate professional and host and great human being so they could nail that the show needs more of those types of things i need someone saying like hell no to an outfit idea that someone else poses to them. I need them designing the costumes. I need more of Nerys and Horacio's first kiss, all those kinds of things. I don't need them having the same strategic conversations throughout this episode, throughout every episode over and over and over. You have an amazing party. It's sexy. It's scandalous. It's fun. It's potential for all kinds of chaos to ensue, but then it's kind of just that same boring Alliance talk more or less the whole time that isn't capitalized on what you know what is possible here and what this cast was giving you in this moment so i want to see more i like i like that it's there it's right there for the taking and so uh hopefully maybe we can get to a version of this show where they can just you know what we know who's going in we know who's going in so we don't need to talk about it we don't need to fill screen time with it just fill screen time with other random stuff this episode because there isn't drama to be built around who's going in until we actually get to the arena and maybe laurel pulls the chaos thing so those are my thoughts on the ABC party. Fantastic idea. Hope everyone had an absolute blast, but the potential is there. Let's, let's seize that potential next time around. Then we've got Berna, 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 Berna. We do get some great aftermath of the party, so I should give the party credit for that. During the party itself, they lean way too heavy into strategy and alliance and all that stuff that we already know all the answers to. After the party, though, things do get really good. So... The party led to that. Give it its flowers where it's deserved. A lot of amazing aftermath the whole through the night of the party. And you also, this is one of the brilliant side effects of a nighttime challenge is it throws off the clock in the house because by the way they show it, and I bet it was real, 
this party happens the night after the nighttime challenge. You know why? Because they were up to like four or five in the morning, whatever, during the nighttime challenge, and they sleep through most of the day. And then suddenly they're like up and ready, and the party's going to end up going till two, three in the morning. People are going to be in each other's bedrooms till three, four in the morning, whatever. So love that. Love that little side effect. But burn up, my goodness. Um, Nerese finds out Horacio has another show. I guess we start there and Berna will come into this as she finds her way into the situation here. Nerese finds out Horacio, I think, has another show. He doesn't say he's got another commitment, but I believe it's another show. I don't remember. I'm not sure. After this one, and he won't be home for basically eight months. Again, that's a long shoot, by the way. And this is a momentary relationship ender. It basically, they, they it, it seems like a breakup scene, more or less. We know in real life that not the case. Thank goodness. She goes, she cries to Olivia about it. She says she loves him. They make you think he is listening outside the door, but I don't think that's the door into their room. And I think if he heard that, he might walk in. I don't know. Anyways, she says she loves him. Maybe he hears it. Maybe he doesn't. But then decides, because that she actually does think that she might love this guy, it'll be fine. And so time to go not make sure that we have not broken up. And instead we finally had our first kiss. Can we now get in bed together? And can we fuck? That's, that's what they're going to do, but not on Berna's watch. No, you will not. You will get a little cuddle time because she's not in the room yet, but then she's going to come in the room and she's going to break that up. You better believe it. I am left confused as to the betting situation. I couldn't tell the, you know, they're using the security footage for this. It's the nighttime cameras, whatever. It's not the clearest picture in the world. Who walked in? Was it just Berna that was upset at first? Because the first time those two are cuddling, there's like one other person fully asleep, a couple beds down. But then when they show Berna coming in, there's like a bunch of people in the room all around. I don't know. Yes, this is rude. Also, though, what room is Nerese in? And can they just go to Nerese's room? Can they go somewhere that's not a bedroom? Uh, the couches are always a great great place at night everyone seems to be going to bed sure you could go out there so rude by Berna let's let the love couple get it on okay but also like go to another room that's fine but then it gets crazy because then she also cock blocks Raven and Emmanuel and Raven by the way clearly doesn't care about the girlfriend and Manuel definitely as we've learned throughout many episodes in a row now does not care about his girlfriend back home and uh Berna really does though and really cares about Manuel and the girlfriend and everyone you know following the rules and goes out of her way to stop the two of them from going into the same room doing anything together not her bedroom I do not believe in that instance I do not believe this is all taking place in one bedroom she goes to another one breaks it up doesn't let it happen which brings us back to the earlier conversation that we saw during the party between Emmanuel and Berna, where he tries to give her some tough love. She doesn't get upset at his tough love, but she also does not accept it in any way. She kind of rebuffs it, and then in confessional rebuffs it even more. And this has become the hardest storyline in a long time for me to figure out what to believe, what the reality of the situation is, she states in her confessional, you know, I'm not actually aggressive. Other people just keep calling me that and it gets frustrating. And then I talk back to them about that. And it's kind of like a chicken and the egg type of situation here. We don't know who to believe. This is a highly edited show. It's trying to give us a story arc and it can easily latch on to Berna's this aggressive 
and is kind of, you know, always just starting stuff between people that she's supposedly friends with this, that, and the other, you can paint that picture. You could also paint Berna is the, everyone's just kind of ganging up on her or always like giving her the side eye or giving her reason to be upset or telling her one thing, but kind of being fake to her, the whole thing, very different views, both of which I, I don't know where, where we are on that spectrum, what to believe, what the real situation is. And I don't know if she's a loose cannon, if the edit is doing her dirty, if she's really just having that hard time with the cultural language barrier, as we've talked about before. It's a mix of it all. I have no idea. I I would I would love to find out from a cast member to what their perception of it is. If uh, if you've been listening to any of the cast interviews from this season and anyone has talked about this, please give me a heads up, DM me at Challenges Story on Instagram and let me know. But uh, yeah, Berna. We're gonna make sure no one has sex in that house that night, not on her watch, not ever. And uh, and then we move on to the actual strategy of the show. Nominations come then in first off, in a throwaway scene, uh, the breakup of the rider dies, folks, maybe starts as Olivia talks some shit about Horacio going as far as to say, are we even friends? Are we even friends? Like, I should I ask, like, are we even friends? And I'm just like, sounds like someone's jealous to me. That's that's what I'll say about that. And uh, yeah, I just I'm just not a fan. Anyways, so that happens. But that at least alludes to like maybe the the Olivia, Narice, Mariah, obviously Mariah's had her friction the last couple episodes with the ride or dies ladies. Maybe there's a Narice Olivia thing that's going to happen at some point here, maybe, but there's now an Olivia and Horacio. They're not even friends, according to her. How could they be ride or dies anymore? They don't even talk. And uh, yeah, um, I'm team Horacio. If I have to be on a team in this one, I don't, I don't like being on anyone's team and any of these things, but if I am, I'm on his now to the nominations themselves, Zara nominates herself very hyped about doing so. Zara is just a hyped woman in general, like got good energy. That one. As Horacio says, probably bad strategy. Find out who says your name. If if you go in, you go in. Great. But the thing about nominating yourself is like you only do it if you're walking in and everyone's smiling and like is this is a hundred percent. Everyone's voting for you. You know the reasons why. We all know like what are we even doing here type of situation. This was not that. There was two names on the block. It could have been definitely Berna that gets voted in here if you politic a little bit. Worst case, you find out exactly. Is there anyone who's willing to stand against the the majority alliance, the Jay and Michelle alliance, essentially, and be over here with me and Raven and Kylan and Horacio? And so you need that information. She doesn't get it. And so, you know, I'm definitely with the, you know, those that are like, "Eh, you know, you volunteered, but did you, you know, kind of thing. But she she kind of does in a way because I again I think Berna would have got voted in if they actually play this out and there was a little bit of an effort on the politics side from the new foursome which we at least get confirmation before it and after the nominations and at the, throughout the rest of the episode that Ravens are Horacio Kylan are somewhat locked in together and that's what we've been waiting for we need that. As Jay lays out at the end of the episode, you know, this is going to be tough. My alliance is socially great, but maybe not physically as good as this foursome that seems like one of them would be a part of a winning daily team every time, if not all of the time. And so we finally, at long last, heading into episode 12, looks like we're going to have two 
equal alliances actually battling where there's actually some interesting strategic things and breakups of friendships and bitterness and the whole thing. All of it can happen. We finally got there 11 episodes in. We've built the situation that we've needed the whole time. Then finally, we've got the arena and this is where my major criticism for this episode and now for the season comes in. The champ thing isn't working, and that's because it doesn't work. And it's starting to slowly but surely ruin the season a bit for me. Part of this is when you have a 20-episode season, there's going to be ones that aren't as good as the others. And in the middle, it just kind of drags. And that's we're at that part of the season where it's like, uh, this is dragging a little bit here. We've eliminated some of the people that are were interesting. And so it's just, you know, it's kind of that mid-season drag coupled with the slow week-by-week -week realization that the champ thing just doesn't work at all. And it doesn't, it's, there's no way to make it work. There's no fix other than like that. You just can't have this wrinkle. You just can't. You can't have 10 mercenaries in a row that the people know that they're going up against. It just doesn't work anymore. Because you can't make the challenges, the eliminations, excuse me, a, a headbanger designed for the champ because then it seems unfair to the cast. Like if they walk in and it's like you have to face Laurel or Darrell the last two weeks where this has really come into play, you have to face Darrell or Laurel in pole wrestle or balls in or hall brawl or something of the sort. Good luck. You know, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. That's why they are who they are. That's what they do. Um, and so you can't really do that because then it would just be 10 straight victories. And you'd be like, well, what was the point of inviting all these people there and telling them they have a chance to win if they they have 10 of them have to face a Laurel in balls in type of situation? Okay. It's not going to happen. But you also can't make them like these last two have been because then it's kind of like, what the hell was the point of bringing Darrell last week? And what the hell was the point of bringing Laurel this week, flying to Croatia to play a silly memory game or strategy game and lose. And it's not even like entertaining, good TV. And it's just like, you know, I'm, they got paid an appearance fee, which I'm sure is great. And hopefully was a lot of money or whatever, but yeah, it just, it, it, it's not very interesting or entertaining. I'm, you know, felt the same way at the end of this episode as I did at the end of last episode. I'm glad the person, Kylan and Raven, in this situation won because I want them still in the game. They are bringing something interesting to the house, but like the elimination wasn't that entertaining to watch and it all feels kind of pointless and it feels like there's no right answer because again, if you make it tailored to them, they just dominate and win and it feels unfair. And then if you don't make it tailored to them, then it's kind of boring and silly and like, well, I kind of tuned into this episode more or less to watch Laurel. I tuned in last week because I wanted to watch Darrell. And the entire thing comes down to, in the end, to make it good, the only chance you have is, one, can they pull chaos and have a fun moment picking someone? Or two, can you get the one or two really intense and fun matchups? Out of the 10, they're probably looking for, like, can we get the one or two where we do give them something physical or lined up for the champion we've brought in, but they actually have a worthy adversary and it's not some blowout victory. Jordan and Kieran may end up being the only one. We had one fun and interesting one. We know that behind the scenes, it was a complete mess, but on screen, it was fun and interesting and a good matchup and intense. And it was great. We got to have all the good that comes with Jordan. We got to have an intense matchup and a compelling elimination. And yes, Kieran went home, but you know, it felt fair, the whole thing. Laurel did make the most out of the, the idea of chaos in this. The back and forth with Michelle is fantastic. Excuse me, the, the girl in the purple jacket. The back and forth with the girl in the purple jacket because Laurel not calling Michelle her name is 
unbelievable levels of petty and I love it so, so much. Um, but you know, they, then she doesn't actually pull the chaos. And so she doesn't get to go against Michelle at this point. They kind of just need to let Kara and CT like Brad will be in next week. Have, don't let make sure Brad doesn't pull the chaos. And then Car and CT have to pull the chaos. Tell them which it is. Let them walk in. You know, the CT walking in with the mace. Let that actually be real. Just CT walks in and gets the pick. You don't vote anyone in that episode. You just, the champ is picking someone. Let that happen. Sorry, Jay. Too bad for you. Um, because that's the only way to make this kind of compelling. So to this actual elimination game that Laurel and Raven play, it's a big game of memory. It's interesting and cool if no one can help, but it also then... <laughs> turns into one of the things that I really don't love uh, and has started to happen more and more in recent seasons as they've leaned more into puzzles and memory and different things that take a long time. If the crowd's helping, you're, you know, you're going to win. You're going to win. You do, or you should, you should win in this situation. If you have the crowd helping for sure, it's kind of boring to watch either way. Having people help means that that person is almost certainly going to win. And I'm also not sure how locked in Laura was once she didn't get to go against Michelle, but whatever. In the end, as I said before, I'm glad Raven is still here. So I'll take that consolation prize. We still get one of the best cast members to stay in the game. So that's good. I wanted her to win and stay in the game, but I'd also like to enjoy and be entertained by the elimination as well. To the awards we go. Best quote of the episode, two nominees here, uh, really kind of one. We had Zara, her speech, I do think I'm the best, so I'd like to self-nominate myself and get this 10K for us. Let's go, bitches, let's fucking go, is really great. And just the fact that she says, I do think I'm the best. Uh, I wonder if anyone will ask her about that after the fact, but uh, confident words, and I love it. I love everything about Zara, the confidence, the energy she's bringing. She's trying to get this house hyped, even if they don't want to. She's doing her damn best. And then the best quote of the episode goes to Berna. It's a little bit like ayahuasca, throw up all of the negative energy. It's just maybe not good, though. End quote, which was in reference to what I don't even remember which of the four dishes she had to drink and or eat. Uh, but I loved that quote from her. So she gets the quote of the week. Best moment. Raven and Corey going back and forth post daily flippy floppy ass. I love uh, the word flippy floppy got used like three or four times. And I really enjoyed every single time it was used. Um, and I loved Raven having the attitude she had after getting thrown in and how she kind of called each person out individually one by one. And I love that Corey went back at her. So all of that moment was fantastic. The walk-in entrances to the ABC party, absolutely fantastic. And I mean, come on, James and Ryan's are look amazing. So got to give it up for them. Unbelievable job by those three. Unbelievable job by everyone at the party. Berna cock blocking, obviously incredible, but the moment of the episode, I will give to Laurel calling out the girl in purple jacket, uh, or pink jacket, what the girl in the jacket, pink, purple, I forget what color it was. Michelle, you looked fantastic. You handled it expertly, but Laurel was dishing it, and I loved every second of it. Super petty, super wonderful. I believe Michelle and or Laurel or both said, uh, Michelle definitely said on Twitter last night, was responding to a bunch of things about this episode and said there was a lot more that we didn't see um, of like Laurel basically saying, I'm going to come for you over and over and over until I get a chance to actually take you out of a game. And so that was kind of the reason for some of Michelle's commentary in the confessional booth, et cetera, but loved every single bit of it. The only note I would give, and this would have been beyond next level. Laurel already took it to the next level, played amazing, honorable mention MVP, get, earns it as a fantastic mercenary coming in and bringing some entertainment. It would have been unbelievable 
if she would have asked TJ, hey, can Michelle come stand down here? Because like I'm going to pick her. So the, the, she has a 33% chance, same as these two women do. Could she come stand in the sand next to us? Like that would have been, I wonder if TJ in the production would have been like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's funny. That's interesting, compelling. Um, but she definitely, that would have been, that would have been, oh, that would have been a 12 out of 10 in in this case, Laurel still provided an 11 out of 10 moment. And Michelle as well, providing it back. Episode MVP, Laurel does get that honorable mention. Corey, Berna, Zara, Emmanuel, Raven. Michelle probably should have been on here again somewhere as well. But I had those five. I had Raven as the MVP. Our rankings then. We'll start men first. Slight shakeup, just one person falling way down the list. Horacio stays first. I move Emmanuel and Ed up to second and third. They were previously third, fourth, and Corey up to fourth. He was previously fifth. So Emmanuel, Ed, Corey bump up a spot to second, third, fourth. Jay falls from second to fifth. Now, I think this is all because of one, my prediction that Jay will go up against CT, which is going to be hilarious. And I love Jay to death, but it's still going to be hilarious. I'm sorry. It's just compelling television. Um, but also because as he says, and we referenced earlier in this podcast there, the alliances are kind of even now, and there is a, a side working against him finally. And that side has a lot of people that can win daily challenges on it. So I don't love his position has changed dramatically. I feel like of the course of this week. So he drops down Kylan to soft James round out the crew women's side. Ravens are and Narice stay the top three. Mariah moves all the way up from eighth to fourth. Michelle, Colleen, Olivia, Berna to round out. I've got Colleen, or excuse me, Olivia falling a little bit here. Um, Michelle, or excuse me, Mariah as the big riser. But Raven and Zara, power couple now. Um, I think somewhat separating themselves, maybe not even somewhat, maybe just separating themselves as the two best female competitors in this group. And uh, we'll see if that becomes true or not in a final, but I've got them at the top. I've got Horacio, Manuel, Ed, Corey, Jay. Really, the men's side is, I don't really have a distinct, like the women's side, I feel good about saying Raven and Zara, the top two to beat. On the men's side, I kind of still feel good about saying Horacio is the, the one to beat, but uh, it's, it's, it's pretty wide open across the board. As for predictions, still holding out, Jay will go against CT. Said last week, made new finalist picks. We thought we were halfway through the season. We make some new picks. None of them went home this episode. Said Raven and Horacio would win. Horacio would win-win. Raven would be the default. Everyone in the fandom is like, well, can we call her a champion, though? Because she did win for the other side, but lost the last puzzle or whatever. It ends up being through Horacio. So those two as the best finishers in the final. Predictions for next week. I believe Brad will be here. I don't think that's a big, bold prediction to make. We know he it's him and then Kara and CT. And I don't think they're bringing CT in first and then Kara and then Brad. So I think Brad's going to be here. And I'm going to go with he's going to face off against Emmanuel. I don't know how or why. I just think that will be really interesting. And that'll be a lot of tattoos and uh, in one arena. And it should be a good time. And um, we're going to leave it at that for predictions. As for maybe some wishes for next week, I my biggest wish is that we actually get some follow-through on this Alliance talk and that Kylan, Horacio, Raven, and 
Zara, she's blanking already. That's how new this all is. Those four get maybe uh, Colleen on their side. Maybe, you know, Zara's like, James, you got to be with us. And now you, instead of having Mariah do all the political work for you, you got to maybe tell her, come on over to our side over here. And now we've got six. I mean, there's 16 people left in the house. So they got to get more than that. But Colleen seems available. Berna seems available. It can happen. I just want to see votes go to multiple people next week. That's what we're really rooting for. So those are the predictions, wishes, power rankings, awards, storylines, opinions, critiques, and things I loved. Thank you to you listening, as always, at Challenge Historian on Instagram. If you want to chat about the challenge, that is the best place to do so. Subscribe, follow wherever you may be listening or watching. And we will be back sometime over the course of this weekend and the New Year's Day, sometime New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, maybe it will be released, the Survivor recap of the finale and the full season, the awards, the whole thing. And then we'll be back next week with BFANK episode number 12. Until next time, thanks for listening. Love you. Appreciate you. Talk soon. Peace.